Yo, it's your boy C-Rock back in that one studio on the What Do You Made Of show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining. If it's your first time, welcome. You know, I want to make sure that you uh, feel welcome being here and know that we're all about creating unstoppable people to live in the life of the dreams by sharing other people's journeys, sharing the ingredients that have gone into making these folks who they are, and understanding that the journey to success, although invisible, doesn't have to be, and we expose it here on the What Do You Made Of show. I have my man Mark Kohler, Mark J. Kohler in the building. And uh, obviously, it's a virtual building, so don't take me too, too literal, folks. Uh, but Mark, Mark, Mark Kohler is a highly respected founding and senior partner at KKOS Lawyers, specializing in tax, legal, wealth, estate, and asset protection planning. He's got a great YouTube personality that's out there, like getting known. But And besides being an author and speaker, the thing about him, I'm going off script for a second. Yeah, the good. thing about him is he makes it simple and breaks it down so people can understand it and enjoy understanding it because – you know, one thing I learned in life is that as soon as we hear a concept or word we don't understand, whether we're reading or listening to someone speak, we blow out, we stop. And anything that happens after that moment where we don't understand, we, we, we lose it. And so what I like about Mark and what he's doing is he's simplifying things. And I know folks out there, you want complicated. You want complicated to think that it works, but really it's simple. Things that are simple is what works, and you got to start embracing simple. So Mark, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. This is awesome. I love uh, what you're doing and the vision, the concept, and it's just an honor to be here. Well, yeah, and, uh, my, my, my pleasure, and, and it's an honor to have you. Uh, let's start the show the right way, man, and okay. that's with the question, what All are you right. made of? <laughs> well, uh, I think rock stars, a little bit of McDonald's uh, value pack one in the morning. No, I'm just joking. Okay, so what I'm made <laughs> of, man, I grew up on a farm, and uh, – my my dad was the type where he was always trying to create work for me and my brother and my sister. There's three of us. And it was always the same dumb job, like moving a wood pile or going and doing this. I'm like, I just did that last week. Well, you're doing it again. And um, so I learned about hard work and uh, the, there's no get rich quick scheme per se. You know, you can get rich, work hard. It, you know, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes it happens fast. So that was a huge principle for me. And I, and I also just hate the establishment. I hate the man. I, I know that's funny when I, but I, I, I uh, when I'm in the tax and legal industry, because uh, that's what we do is kind of work in that area. But I love just fighting against the man. Win, win, win. IRS lose helping the small guy. I don't know where that started. And, and third piece, I guess I'm an entrepreneur from day one. I was a kid who always had that lemonade stand and had a business through college and, and we taught, unpacked that, but I just, that's, that's me just simple, small business owner myself. Love it, man. Did anybody ever tell you, like, you remind me, not exactly, but Gene Hackman for some reason. Ah, well. Anybody ever tell you that before? I don't know. Is that from Hoosers or the younger Gene Hackman? Exactly. I, got, I was I, thinking more Matthew McConaughey, but I, I'll yeah, take Yeah, it. you got some McConaughey, too. Maybe a little mixture there, too. But, like, oh, there's just honest. something Thanks. like, by the way, you know, I think identifying things like that are important, but you got to be careful not to identify people with, because this is an example of something. I, I love teaching lessons as I, as I cut into these podcasts, but. Yeah. You know when you had a teacher when you were younger and the teacher was like an asshole and you're like, oh, mm. man, I hated that lady. And then you run into somebody like 20 years later in your life and you just don't like this new person that you run into because they remind you of that teacher. 
gotta uh, be careful with identification. But I happen to oh, love Gene Hackman. Okay, Gene okay, Hackman is one of my cool. favorite actors. So in this case, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> he is awesome, so, man. Oh, yeah, so, thanks. So, so yeah. So listen, Mark. Um, where did it all start for you, though? Like when you decided to get into this kind of business, like. I, look, I mean, most people think taxes and all this, is like, ugh, and they, they feel like throwing up, yeah. they feel like getting into it. CPAs, it's, accounting's boring. No, you know. Totally, totally. And well, it started, and, and I'll be brief, and we can, again, uh, die, you know, peel away the onion if you want, but I, I love small business, love business. I'm not kidding. I was always had a lemonade stand. My mom was like, what are you selling now? You know, we, I'd pick raspberries and sell or hire my, in high school, I was hiring my brother and his friends to clean offices and I'd make something on top and, you know, drive around and look cool. I mean, I was always trying to hire some kid to do something. Is that, I don't know, is that Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn? I can't remember which one that was. I talked the other one into painting the fence, but that was me. And so I just love that. So when I went to college, um, believe it or not, I, I was business and kind of pre-law because I loved the law, loved some of those old 80s movies. Um, there, That was a big deal. Wall Street with uh, Michael Douglas. That, I loved that show. And so I went into business. And when I got in there, I'm going to be honest, and I'll probably maybe piss someone off here, but I looked at all the four. There's four primary business departments, marketing, finance, accounting, and management. And that's it. Those are the four. And I was like, marketing i'm okay with that i like my business i'm good finance i don't want to work for a big bank and management that's going to come with any of those degrees i'm going to go to the hard one accounting because the guy that controls the freaking checkbook he's at the front of the table he's making the decisions you got to know accounting i don't like it i don't love it but you know what if i go there i'm going to own it and i i was the b or c student but i'm hiring all the a students i was class president i was whatever and so i just went into accounting because i felt it was the lifeblood of small business and that sounds dumb but that's what it was and then went on to law school and the rest is history i guess so yeah you know so i love that and uh you know one thing i do is in my business is i, I was taught by a mentor that anything you don't know in your business runs you mm. and so i started out with like I was in in home sales and I would be a salesperson and then I'd have these installers that would be going out and installing this water treatment equipment. This is when I was in my early twenties and the owner that I worked for, he goes, listen, if you don't understand what those guys are doing to installing and you just think that, Oh, they're the plumbers and that you don't need to know that shit. It's going to run you. They're going <laughs> to tell you that they can't do something and you're not going to know any different. So good that was point. a good lesson for me to understand. Look, I might be in sales. I might be the business owner, the founder whatever, but yeah. I need to know all these areas of my business, it's like a quarterback, like Tom Brady. Yeah. He knew there was receivers routes, knew what the line was supposed to do. Yeah. Cause otherwise he's going to get his ass sacked. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what are your thoughts of that in business? Because like you didn't have to go in accounting, but, but you did, but you could have did anything, but you just need to know those areas. Right. Yeah. No, I, that, I really appreciate you framing it in that way. Um, I think, of course, we're saying the, the same thing that it was my weak area. It was the area that I think is critical to business. And, and the message to many of you business owners out there is that if you, if you don't know um, your uh, books, if you can't read a balance sheet, if you can't read a financial statement, and you're, you're going to be in trouble. And so uh, I, I don't know if I was that perceptive at the time. <laughs> I knew yeah. counting was the lifeblood. Like that was yeah. it. You got to know the numbers. And so I went that route. And so um, I started a janitorial business. That's how I kind of put it in practice. And I was cleaning floors, had like 20, 30 college students working for me, working sometimes 24 hours, cleaning toilets and 
carpet cleaning van, windows. I did it all for seven years, getting through my master's program before I, and I sold the business, go to law school, but I did my own books, filed my own freaking tax return. And, and I, I, it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun, but man, all of a sudden I just realized I was a cut above every other business kid that was in college. Cause they weren't doing it. They weren't getting that, that, that real experience. And so I, and I thought, okay, school. I don't know if I want to be an accountant, but I'm going to run an accounting firm. Or I'm going to teach accountants. And so it's been a big springboard for me. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I love, uh, you, you know, you got a nice jacket on button up shirt now, but I, I saw an Instagram post of yours where you were, you were doing something with potatoes, brother, and you had gloves on and a flannel and your hat backwards. And, yeah. uh, it's a total different look. But tell us about that. That's funny. I, well, uh, I've got a place in Idaho. That's where I lived the last five years. I'm migrating to Phoenix, Arizona now. I love the West and grew up in Washington state, but then I, we ended up in Idaho and immediately I just, I felt we lived next to some farmers, 15,000 acres of potatoes. If you go to five guys, they're coming from this 50 square foot mile area where I live. And, and I've made some buddies and they're like, uh, it, it, you got to come out for potato harvest. I'm like, all right. You know, the whole town shuts down. My, it's the coolest thing. Like the schools <laughs> are closed. And it's like, it's, it's the quintessential America. There's flags on the side of the barns and everybody, the whole family's coming. The women are cooking food every night. I just get emotional saying it. And so they got to come. And so they're like, okay, I'll be brief. And so they're like, come on out. I'm like, all right, I'm in, I'm in. So it's like city slickers, you know, I'm going to go out and just work the fields, get off, take my tie off. And it is so amazing to just get to the earth and to the real people out there making food for us in America, growing it. And so I was like, I want to drive one of those trucks. I, want, I don't want to just be sorting potatoes on a conveyor belt. I want to drive a truck. He's like, all right. He goes, I'll train you on this. He's like 16 wheeler. And he's like, all right. I go, so go get in that truck. So I go get in the truck. There's a 14 year old girl in there. I swear she was sitting on a crate and she's like, you ready to learn? I'm like, what the hell? I mean, the whole family's are driving, working it and all that. Cause you can get your driver's license in Idaho at 14. And Dang. so I'm like, all right. So this 14 year old girl teaches me two runs on the field, picking up 60,000 potatoes in one run. And she's like, here's the keys. Have fun. I'm like, holy crap. And so, um, I never wrecked it, but for the last three years now I go out for three or four days during potato harvest and just feel it just get back to my roots and love it man. so it's good now, now you're reminding me of mike rowe dirty jobs no man you know we've had we have some mutual friends too you know I, I always look at my guests on their instagram and all that and you know buck wise is a friend of oh, mine i think you've had him on yep. and yep. darren prince yep. friend of mine good yeah guys. So I, I love that yeah you know we have these mutual connections but you know the other thing uh i wanted to ask you about is you know most business owners don't understand they they underestimate the the importance of getting known and marketing themselves and 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 having a personal brand or somebody's got to be the face of the company and then being like obsessed almost if not obsessed on getting known and becoming a celebrity not to eight billion people on the planet yeah. but to the people that matter in their business becoming omnipresent to those folks yeah how did you like when did you realize that for yourself because listen you got the gift of gab. You're good on mic. You're good on camera. I, I just want to tell you that right now. Thank I knew you. that from looking at your Instagram. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be a great interview. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so when did you start to realize that you needed to do that and then start putting out content and working on your ability to do that? It's funny you ask that because I haven't thought about this or talked about it for a couple of years. And um, so when I just started my accounting and law firm, it was in a small town in southern Utah. I was like, I want to go rural. You can see that part of me. And I wanted to be a main street tax lawyer. 
I didn't want to go to Wall Street, Chicago, whatever. I wanted to be on Main Street American. We've been able to build our business on helping owners all over the country that way, um, which is tough. But anyway, so we started in Southern Utah, and this is back in the early 2000s. And YouTube didn't even exist. It didn't, podcasting wasn't there. And so I was like, I got to be on the radio. I got to be on the radio. I got to be known. And so I'm totally with you. So I was like, I got I to do a little radio show. It was like a 590 AM, whatever show and getting to go to a cinder block building and just start talking, you know, and I was terrible. Um, but the, the, the salesman, cause that's what radio shows do. They sell you a spot, you know, and, uh, her name was Reba rocket. She was pretty cool. And she said, Mark, you need Toma. I'm like, what's Toma? She goes, top of mind awareness, Toma. She goes, that's what you need. And she goes, I did a survey in town. They do like this 500 person phone call survey. This is how you sell you. And they go, we asked him, who's the first accountant or lawyer you think of in town? And I was like, cool, let me see the list. I was like number six. And I'm like, who are these bozos in front of me? What the hell? They shouldn't be in front of me. They're, they're terrible. And she's like, top of mind awareness. I ask, who do they think of? And you were number six yep, out of 500 yep. people. And I'm like, holy crap. And so that's when I finally realized, like, you may not be the best. And, and you know what? There's always someone better. But you wanted to be the best you can be. But you got to get known first. And so that's when I started just like top of mind awareness. I want to be on the top of mind of every American and every small business owner in America. When they think tax and legal, they're going to think Mark Cole. I'm going to own it. That's it. I love it. I talk about this all the time. This is phenomenal. <laughs> you know, like, this is an investment in yourself and your business. And that's tax tax deductible. Am I, I'm not tax, I'm not a CPA. So, so yeah, yeah, I'm, okay. I endorse oh, that. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. Like when I, I do a lot of startups, when I start my businesses, I don't take money out for myself as, as, as like early on, I try to hold off on that as much as possible. I try to have other income, taking care of my bills. Mm-hmm. I want to just reinvest, 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 and then build this snowball with, with pre-tax dollars as much as possible. And especially marketing early on, like especially yeah. getting known. And so, yeah, I love that you said that. And then how did you transfer that? Oh, go ahead. You want to comment well, on I, that? I, I got to follow that up, dude. You're going to love this because I love to teach in a podcast as well while we're getting to know each other. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what you said that is so insightful? So many business owners fill their own business because they start a business and they're like, well, I got to live on it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're in a position where you got to live on that business on day two, month two, Maybe that business is just an infant. It needs more. It's got to grow up. It needs some money. It needs. It's got. It, it's not even an adolescent yet, and you're trying to run your life on it. And so they're like, "Well, I got to take out profit. I got to live. I got to live." And all of a sudden, the business starts to fail. And like, yeah, the business sucks. No, you didn't give it enough room to breathe. You got to let it grow. And and when we go into a business, we got to give it a chance to percolate or germinate and grow, and then we can live on it. We're the so many times business owners are the ones killing their own business because they're, they're not leaving enough profit on the table. And we, and that's why when people say, I quit my day job, to start my business. I'm like, whoa, 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 don't quit your day. Just work your ass off at night. And then when it's ready to support you, that's when you go. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is not just investing in marketing and, 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 and all that, but the people like, oh. you know, I have, I have two people, uh, Todd, who, who introduced us, he, he, he's the one to reach out to you. And then Kim's my ops manager. And I sacrifice my own pay to invest in them mm, to build so the company and the foundation. And then later on, you know, you got to sacrifice now for later on. So yeah, I love, I, I love this stuff that, that you talk about. Now, what I want to do is I want to go into a real quick question, podcasting, yes, before sir. we get into the stuff that you're working on now, uh, podcasting, you switched from radio 
And then at some point started a podcast, started going on podcasts. When did that happen? And when did you like, what oh, went through boy. your mind to, to do that? And my studio guys in here with me too. I think had, he's been with me here for 15 years, 2000. It, it was before the crash. So it was probably 2005 or six, dude, this was before iTunes was podcasting. So I did blog talk radio, blog talk radio is still around. It's not great. So I went from terrestrial radio because I had a show in Chicago that was doing a bunch of markets and I was paying for that. And then blog talk radio said, you should be on internet radio. I'm like, internet radio, iHeartRadio, what? I mean, that was serious, Siri or serious was the only other thing out there maybe. And so I said, all right, I'll go blog talk radio. And so we started there. And then soon as I could check the box to go onto this new thing called iTunes podcast, I was like done. And so then we switched over to different platforms. Uh, so I was one of the, I really was, I've been doing my podcast every week, people every week for close to 14 years. Damn, do the math son. on that. I, I, Damn. And I had like 10 listeners the first time, but it doesn't matter. People you got, it's consistency. You got to go there every week, every week, every and that snowball you're talking about. That's when it freaking happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I've only started four years ago and I've done over nine, almost a thousand podcasts now. <laughs> and, and it's the reps, you know, it's yeah. the reps. And, and not only that, when you have guests on the show, the network that you build mm. is it's snowballs. People don't realize this stuff. So I yeah. love talking about that. And then, you know, the other thing is going, um, going into what you do now, what is, what is the main focus that you're talking about right now? When you're going out on podcasts, when you're out speaking, what, what in business or in t taxes or what have you, what's the main focus you're leaning into right now? Oof. Wow. And I've got some hot topics too. So many people don't know this corporate transparency act that's coming down the pipe January 1st. We got year end tax strategies, people trying to carve out some write-offs before year end. We're in the middle of healthcare enrollment, health savings accounts, kick ass. So important. Um, we're talking about solo form. There's so many little times. Let me say this. What the, but my overriding message to small business owners is you got to captain your own ship. In this tax and legal area, you got to be the captain of your ship. You can't expect your accountant to be looking at your file every day by the water cooler. They're not. Your lawyer doesn't care until you pay him for an hour. And they're going to do what you say and then move on. And we're trying to build relationships with clients and have quarterly meetings and follow and track and build a journey. But at the but at the end of the day, people, if you don't know what's in your tax return and how to write off your truck, how to put your kids on payroll, am I going to have a little board of directors meeting for my LLC? Am I going to write off my trip and my airfare to go to my corporate meeting that I'm going to have at Thanksgiving? And all these are a CPA is not going to handhold you through this. I mean, I'll teach you. I got a freaking awesome podcast and newsletter and articles and all that. I'll teach you. But you got to you got to be engaged. There are no any captain on a ship, just like you were saying. Every every the quarterback knows everybody else's job. A captain of a ship knows everybody else's job. I've interviewed some amazing people in the Navy that are captains and and in that high level, and they're like, I've done every job every job on the ship. And you can't be a business owner and think it's just your accountant's going to hand hand it to you on a silver platter. And it's not that hard. Back to your first point, I try to keep it simple. I got fifteen year end tax write offs. Look at them. It's not rocket science. Accountants are stick up your butt conservative. You got to freaking find your risk tolerance and marry that advisor. That's freaking going to help you go to the next level. Cause your number one cost in life, number one cost is taxes. What are you doing about it? Oh, hoping my CPA that was on the bleachers and the band is the most conservative kid and on campus is going to take care of it for me. Hell, I want the kid under the bleachers that was smoking. Pot. Yep. 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 <laughs> 
So I was in the mortgage business for 20 years. So I looked at tax returns. I've looked at K-1s. I've looked oh. at all the schedule. I've looked at, you know, partnership. I look, I've, I've oh, you're turning me on. Analyze. We had to figure out, we had to figure out like what kind of income can we qualify on, mm. right? And so, so many people, it's amazing to have a business and they're like, I got to show some income. And I'm like, so you have write-offs and you wouldn't pay taxes if you took the write-offs, but you got to show income. Let me tell you something. You just can't get a mortgage through us. You can mm. still get a mortgage. Like you don't need to show income. And sometimes, I don't know if you ever run into this, but there's people that feel guilty writing things off, even though it's, it, it's legal. Mm. because they don't have to pay taxes on it because they feel like they're doing something bad because they're so used to a W-2 job where they had to pay taxes or whatever mm. the case is. You ever run into that where people feel like, oh, yeah, I don't feel good enough, but I don't feel safe doing that. Yeah, yeah. Some have a moral or ethical, uh, definitely on the list. It's not always one thing. There's a lot of fear. A lot of people out there too, like, well, I can't write that off. I'll get audited or whatever. No, you'll be okay. You know, there just a little bit of knowledge is so much power. So there's still people afraid to take the home office deduction. Holy crap, it's been around 25 years. There was one case 20 years ago, and some accountant said, watch out for the home office. It's a great write-off. And, and so I think fear, maybe there's some moral issues. And I think people are also, and you and I talked about this before, the, people are starving for this. They really are. People love to save some money. I freaking go to Target. How much do I save? You know, like, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. what can I do to save money? But they don't know where to go to find it and, and have it make sense. And I, I'm trying to be that guy, you know? Talk to me about the, the Corporate Transparency Act that's coming out. I saw a little bit about that, but I haven't had a chance to dive in. Oh, can you uh, break that down? Huge, serious. I've got 100,000 view videos that have only been up just two days that are boom, you know, blowing up on this. So everybody, ugh, there's so much. Okay, so the Corporate Transparency Act goes into effect January 1st. It was passed three years ago. The government said, we got to put human traffickers, drug dealers, money launderers, uh, terrorists out of business because they're hiding behind LLCs and corporations every day. I mean, by the time someone rips you off and you figure out who owns that LLC, they're gone. Right? You guys know that? I know how to hide people and assets with LLCs. We do Not for criminals. But criminals are abusing LLCs and corporations, and they've been doing it for years. So three years ago, the feds, Republicans and Democrats, overwhelming majority, got together and said, FinCEN, which is the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network of the Department of the Treasury, said in three years, everybody's got to tell us who the hell owns their LLC. To the feds, I mean, I can still hide you in public, but to the feds, just like the IRS, they want to know what's going on. And they want to know who owns these entities, who set them up, and if there's any change in address or people, we're going to know about it. Starting January 1st. You've got one year to report any LLC you own, people. There's 45 million LLCs in America. I'm not even talking S-Corps. 45 million in this year. You've got to report a BOI, a business ownership, ownership report, to the FinCEN. And if you don't, the penalty is $500 a day or two years in prison. <laughs> so you have one year from January 1st to do it? Yeah. Any current and entity you have now, you have next year to do it. We're signing people for it. We're taking care of it and their company yeah. maintenance, their minutes and, and all that. You just got to do it one time. Just got to do it one time. No. Oh, 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 okay. So anyway, yeah. In our service, we have like, we're making it affordable for business owners. Take care of it for you. Because so many people aren't updating their entities with the state anyway. They're not doing their minutes. Great tax writers. Good asset protection stuff. So many people need to get their shits together anyway on this. But anyway, once you report once, check this out. If you change your home address, if you change the company address, if there's a change in the management of your company, or number four, someone own, there's a change of ownership of 25% or more, 
You have 90 days to report it or $500 a day or two years in prison. See, this isn't a big deal to me because I've, you know, we took continuing education in the mortgage business every year. We had to take eight hours at least minimum. Plus sometimes it was like 20, depending on the state you had. And all this stuff was in there. We like, we were so used to guidelines and compliance. So to me, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I, I get that. But what, what's going to happen is a lot of people aren't going to know about it. And, and, and so I don't, but the thing I look at Mark is like, if, if a lot of people don't know about it and then a lot of people aren't abiding by it, they're going to have a problem enforcing it. Well, I don't want to take that chance, but I'm just telling you, like for me looking at it as, you know, yeah. 30,000 foot view. It, it's, 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 a, there's a new sheriff in town. People He's coming January 1st. It's called Finson. And I'm out there on the, this week, it's funny you had me this week because this is the week we launched all of our education on it, articles, my TikTok videos, my Instagram, YouTube videos are blowing up already just in the last three days. No one's talking about it. Accountants and lawyers don't even understand what to do. Because if you report for a client, I have to report my personal info. And so everybody's like, do it yourself. Everybody's like, what? So anyway, we're keeping it affordable. We're helping people do it, yada, yada. Today's not an infomercial. But I'll just say this. Don't blame the government. The problem is these freaking criminals that have made it hard on all of us and they've abused the LLC. So now all of us have to self-report. It's not a hard form. It's just got to do it and you got to disclose all this pers- passport, driver's license, social, all this stuff. You got to report it. Is it digital or is it a, you got to actually fill out a form? Come January 1st, Finson is creating a digital portal for this and you have to report the company, the, the beneficial owners or controllers. And then the person that's doing the report. So if you say to your CPA, do the report for me, then they have to report their personal information and tie it to your company. And there's a lot of exposure there. So a lot of accounts and lawyers aren't jumping on the bandwagon to do this for their clients. They're, and we got all year. I'm going to be on, you're going to see more and more of me and there's going to be other people talking about it. It's going to have to be done next year. And then, but here's the, the enforcement piece. Finson, it's not going to be that hard. Next year, on, at the end of December 31st, they're going to go to the IRS and go, Print out all the EINs oh, of every true. LLC and S corp. Yeah, done. Yeah. They're going to every state. All the Secretary of States are going to go. Here's all the companies registered in Nebraska, California, Delaware, and they're just going to put it in a database. Not that probably, hard. And probably use AI to enforce it. Yeah, and they're going to go cross check. Yeah, they do their BOI. Nope, Johnny, little Johnny in Tampa, he hasn't reported his LLC. They get a 30 day grace period to re- to fix it, and then the penalties hit. And if you're if, so what we're telling people to do is so many people have crap they don't need. This is a time to dissolve some LLCs you don't need. Clean the house. Now, who gets, who gets the fine? The company or the individual? The individual. Because it's not going to matter if the company, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so then eventually, here's another business idea. There's going to be, just like there's tax relief companies, there's going to be a, this, whatever this is called, the Clarity. <laughs> yeah, CTA. Yeah, hey, we'll, we'll negotiate with FinCEN for you for X amount. <laughs> Might yeah, as well another start scam. That business now, <laughs> hey, and so what about what about um, a company that has an LLC that's owned by an LLC or a trust, and there's a chain all the way like going that way? Like, all right, good, good, good. Oh, dude, there's so much here. Yeah. So first, let's say this: any trust you have, revocable living trust, uh, maybe you have an asset protection trust, uh, or a sole proprietorship. You haven't filed any entity. It's just a trust for you. No requirement. No requirement to file. So our, our my revocable living trust owns all my entities. That's a great structure. I do teach my trifecta. Just Google the hell out. It's incredible. So this little picture, my everything flows down to my trust. No, no BOI report, business ownership information report to um, on a trust. But let's say I own an LLC 
that that LLC owns three more LLCs. Uh, you have to report, in, unless, now there's 23 exemptions. I'll come to those in a moment. It sounds like, oh, I'll meet one of the exemptions. Mm, we'll come back <laughs> to that. But in, in this, every, I'm going to say 99% of small business owners have one LLC that owns three other LLCs. Yep. Each one has to do report. Because okay. the, the, the government doesn't know. Vincent doesn't know. Oh, well, my LLC is owned by this LLC. We don't know that. So yeah, you yeah. would fill out, like, let's say I had this company and, and it's owned by an LLC, or let's say this is a partnership and one yeah. of the people is a partnership. Mm. It would just have to report that this LLC owns it. And then you would carry this one back to the, eventually you'd carry it back to a trust or the individual. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. The cool part here, you'll love this, is to make this easy to, <laughs> if it's easy, every company that reports is going to get what's called a FinCEN identifier. It's like a social security number. Mm -hmm. This is going to, to me, this is going to become as important as the EIN and the social security number. So you're going to have a FinCEN identifier. Once you file, boom, you're on the radar of the feds, federal treasury department on this. And you got to keep it up to date on what the hell's going on with your LLC. It's private in the sense that only the feds have it. And they already have so much of your information with banking too. You're in the mortgage industry. You get a mortgage, they know where you're at. Mm -hmm. But, but so you, you're going to get this identifying number. And then when you go set up a new LLC starting next year, okay, now this is old LLCs or corpse starting next year, January 1st, if you set up a new entity, you have 90 days to file the report and let the feds know who owns it, who set it up and what, and it gets an identifier number. And then you just update it. Any of those changes. So it's not the end of the world. It's just one more thing to do. And yeah, it's in my world. But awareness. It's, Awareness. awareness. Yeah. 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 What about, what about uh cashless society, man, getting rid of cash and how's that going to affect things? Have you thought about that or talk about that at all? We're going to digital. Um, uh, you know, you go yeah. to a football stadium, some, they don't take cash. Yeah. You know? Are you're talking more crypto and Bitcoin well, and all well, those goodies gonna, are, this is, that's part of it. But like at yeah. the end of the day, like I don't care cash mark. I, I yeah. go to my son's high school football game yeah. and regular season, they only take cash for tickets. And I go to there yeah. and I'm like, I look at my wife all the time. I'm like, you got cash on you? Because I don't have cash. And I'm like, you guys take Venmo or Cash App or something? They're like, no. Yeah. I'm like, how stupid is this? Yeah. So I, I'm bitching and complaining about something that I really don't want to go away because cash is important. I don't know. What are your yeah. thoughts? Well, um, okay, it's deep. I'll be, I'll be brief. But Wells Fargo, let's just say Wells Fargo, for example. They've had blockchain technology for 30 years. Yeah. The, the, their blockchain is what allows us to do that. I have a debit card, I have a bank account, and no physical cash transferred. It was all digital, but there's a chain that shows how that happened. Yep. So when I go to McDonald's, I use my debit card, it's all digital, and that's Wells Fargo's proprietary blockchain, and they track it. That's theirs. Chase has theirs, B of A has theirs, whatever. Well, Bitcoin has its blockchain, and, and Solana has its blockchain, and blah, blah, blah. And so it's nothing, and, and I think it's great. I think it's wonderful and it and it's and but do you think the IRS doesn't know that? <laughs> I have so many clients that are like, yeah, well, I made money on Bitcoin Nash, but I only I put it in my MetaMask wallet and I, I transferred it over to Solana and and then I went over to this other crypto and I, I'm good. The IRS won't know. Uh really? It's the beauty of it because they love to brag it. It's blockchain and everybody knows about it. It's open source. Yeah, the, uh, the IRS has the same phone number. You know, it's okay. And so you you're gonna you, it you can't hide from it. You're gonna to have to report your income and all that. It makes life easier. Uh, I I don't, I don't know. That's kind of well, Mark. Mark, I could talk to you all day, brother. And I think you've proved to my audience, not that you needed to, that you know what the hell you're talking about. So, uh, I, I want to talk about like just real quick. Your podcast is called what? Just to let everybody know, the Main Street oh, Business Podcast. Though, 
Yeah, Main Street Business Podcast. Um, and and I'm gonna I'll, I'll drop a reveal. Our, we're recording our podcast today. It'll be out in three days. We like to record it and edit a little. And we're talking about the number one scam in the legal industry. Number one scam. And here's what it is. People getting set up and sold legal stuff that works, but they don't need it. Legal stuff that works, but they don't need it. And there are so many, and you see it all the time, right? Like all these, you, you know, companies that are not even law firms setting up any, because everybody thinks it's the soup du jour. You ain't nobody to got an LLC, you know, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> but the point is, everybody's setting up crap. They don't need it. And these companies, they don't care. They don't care. I want to be a part of your life a year from now or two years from now. If I set up crap you don't need, you're going to know it. And you're not going to call me back. I have accountability for that. And I want that accountability. But that's what I'm made of. But a lot of companies out there will sell to every brand new business owner. Oh, an LLC is great. Yeah, an LLC is great. But do you need it? And it, right. it, it goes top to bottom in the whole legal industry. Shiz that's being sold out there. And so that's what we're talking about on the podcast is regular ways to make money, protect it, save it, tax strategies, building wealth. We keep it fun. We joke around. We make it palatable. Right. And your co-host, who's your, who's your yep. other host? Matt Sorensen, my partner. I'll, I'll run the show sometimes with or without him. He'll do the same. Uh, he's the, the president of our directed IRA trust company, which we're taking on Wall Street with that. Uh, we're helping people self-direct their IRAs and 401ks, buy real estate in your IRA people. Holy crap. I got a, the cutest little rental in my health savings account. Pays for my health care. It's the cutest little meth lab. You'd love it, Mike. And it just <laughs> cash flows great. And so, uh, but, but so we're doing that. We have $1.5 billion of client money that's been in the trust company and back out buying stuff people know. It's a trust. It's great awesome. idea. So yeah, we, that's what we do. Idea. And it's yeah, awesome. Main Street Business Podcast. Awesome, man. Well, look, I, I appreciate you, man. It's great to meet you. I look forward to collabing with you and uh, hang tight here for a second. But guys, go check out Mark J. Kohler. He's on YouTube, Instagram. His Instagram is Mark J. Kohler. Go check him out. He got the little blue check, so he's legit. <laughs> and he came here and talked to us and answered all my questions, so he's legit in my book. Oh, Mark, thank thanks. you so much, man. Thanks so much. All right, hang tight. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Keep coming back. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and uh, let your friends know about us. And until next time, be that one. Yeah.